Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, another crazy week, not only in our country, but worldwide. Uh, everything's topsy-turvy. Trump's responsible for a lot of it. Uh, he's got the whole world screwed up by the various uh, agreements we've had that he breaks up and the things he's trying to do. No one can understand what he's doing. I'm talking, referring to the other countries. We had enough problems before Donald Trump. He has just magnified the problems that this country and our people are facing. Uh, tonight we're going to be all over the place. Uh, we'll spend a little time in Germany, China, Israel, Southern California, the Vatican in Rome, and the Panhandle in Florida. I want to start with paying taxes. It's that time of the year. You will recall when Trump was pushing his new tax bill, which got was passed by both houses, both Republican houses, and signed into law. He promised that the new tax law would end special interests and end the break, and he would plug up the loose and close the loopholes in the tax law at the time. He was going to end special interests and close the loopholes. Well, he hasn't done it. Uh, and he also said, you know, this was going to help the middle class and the poor, and it was going to stick it to the rich. Well, the rich benefited, the poor and the middle class have not. Here's what's happening. Amazon is a perfect example. Amazon reported a profit for federal tax purposes of $11,200,000,000 this past year, 2018. Guess how much they're paying in taxes? Zero dollars on $11,200,000,000. They're not paying any taxes. But those who work for a living, the middle class, okay, the poor people, they're all paying taxes. And in 2017, the year before, Amazon, they didn't make that much money that year. Their profit for federal tax purposes was $5.6 billion, $5.6 billion. And again, guess what they paid in federal income taxes? Zero dollars. Now, I can understand why their taxes are, they're not paying taxes, uh, because number one, Trump with this new tax law, uh, he dropped the, the percentage of payment from 35% to 21%, okay? Then they have all these tax credits that have been there for years and have been added in recent years, which benefit corporations, but not you and me. And so these corporations like Amazon are, are getting away with murder. I love everyone to make money, but everyone should pay and must pay their fair share. And companies like Amazon, and they're not the only one. General Electric for years didn't pay any taxes. Same thing. These people hire the best tax lawyers, the best accountants, the best CPAs, and they know that new tax law inside out and how it benefits them and where it would hurt them. I don't think it hurt them any place. So that's the story there. It's a rotten shame. It's disgusting. And it's an example of what was promised but not delivered by Trump. Because he's always saying, I deliver, I promise, I deliver. Which moves on now to a 
screw up. I'm not, I'm not going to be on Trump's back all night tonight, but the few first couple of items hit him. Uh, he likes tariff wars. Do you recall during the campaign, I love tariff wars. I win tariff wars. Who can't win a tariff war? Well, so far we're not doing very well with the tariff wars, especially with China. Uh, our poor farmers in the Midwest, the soybean growers, wheat, barley, corn, they're suffering. They can't sell their product because the, tar- the tariff on that, those goods that they w- we sh- would normally ship to China, which was one of the biggest receivers of our uh, farm production in this country, makes it too expensive. So China's looking elsewhere. They're into Brazil now looking to sell. And Russia, Russia's... Russia's a big country, covers two continents. They're 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 starting uh, to grow the product, the agricultural product, to sell to China. So and the tariff war is still on. Now, and we're playing games with China. Trump says this thing's going to be over this coming Saturday, the tariff war, because an envoy is in from China. I don't know. I I don't know when to believe him. I, I it's very difficult. I'm sorry. Anyhow. Someone else is benefiting uh, from this situation, and this is Germany. Germany. Uh, Angela Merkel's no fool. She is one smart woman. Uh, And here's the story. There is a corporation. There is a company, a Chinese company, Huawei, H-U-A-W-E-I. I I don't even know if I pronounce it correctly. I've spoken about it several times, but I don't think I have the pronunciation down. Huawei. They are the second biggest corporation in China. They have made their money with smartphones and smartphone technology. Uh, And they're just rich. They're big. They're very big. Now, they are creating or adapting or developing a new 5G network. The deal was last year that the Chinese were going to do that in conjunction with us. So we would make some money, and they're going to make some money. Good deal all the way around. Every country in the world wanted it. We got it because we were doing good business with China. Uh, Well, we have the tariff. The Chinese are mad at us, and they're never going to forget what we did to them. You cannot insult an Oriental. He will never forget, and he will get even with you. Uh, Now, what are we going to do? He, um, who, who, who are we? One of the principals is named Huawei. I don't know if it's the daughter of or daughter-in-law of the principal. She is a vice president, and she never traveled through the United States the last few years because we have the sanctions against Iran for years. And as the law reads, if you're doing your company, not a, a United States company, but you're in it, some international company, and you are doing business with Iran, then uh, your company or the people doing business are liable, and they can be fined big time, they can be arrested. Uh, The law has been rarely used. And this woman was traveling through Canada. She was changing planes in Canada to go to South America. She has avoided the United States because she's smart. She's She's worth one of the biggest companies in the world. She knows she could get arrested. But while she's at the gate in Canada waiting to get onto the plane for South America, she is arrested by Canadian authorities 
based on paperwork issued by the United States government, and they're arresting her because she's an officer of this Huawei who has been doing business directly or indirectly or through a bank uh, in Iran or with Iran. Well, you can't do this. I mean, she, she's big, personally. Her company's huge, respected in China. They insulted the Chinese people. This was about two months ago. This thing is, still has not been resolved. Canada, Canada, they did the right thing by law. They obeyed the law because of, under the arrangements we have with Canada, if certain papers were served on the Canadian government, they had to detain this woman and arrest her for the benefit of the United States. She's still in Canada, though. Uh, but they didn't have to do that because Trump has been breaking Canada's balls, if you'll excuse me, big time for the past two years. They could have said, you're not cooperating with us. Why should we cooperate with you? But they did the right thing from their perspective. So this whole thing is now a mess. And instead of the United States benefiting from this 5G network, Germany is. Isn't that terrific? God bless Merkel, okay? Trump lost another good deal for this country. Now, I want to talk about Philosophically, Democratic Party, Republican Party, uh, this is off the top of my head, something that has been bothering me for quite a while. Uh, the Democratic Party always puts up candidates for national office who are moderates or just to the left of moderates, which means just to the left of middle. The Republicans for the last 20 years, they don't care. They went from the middle all the way to the right. Then they went all the way beyond just to the right. They went to the ultra-right. They, they took conservatism and brought it all the way to the right. It's not the same party today that was, even was 10 years ago. You see the problems the Republican Party has had. Well, the Democrats in the last, the congressional elections, 188, uh, no, I'm sorry, yeah, in uh, this in this past election, I'm sorry. Uh, they um, in 2018, they show there's a new trend in the Democratic Party, and that trend is progressivism, socialism, liberalism. Now let me let me say all these. Some of these words are new, and you sort of got to define them, or you don't know what the hell you're talking about. The Democrats are normally liberals. I consider myself a liberal. I do lean to the right, uh, to the left of uh, the center with the Democratic philosophy. And I'm just not to the left. I'm somewhere down the line. Uh, I see, I think the new trend should be labeled progressive because that's where it's going. The last election proved it with the quality and type of people the Democratic Party selected. So it's moving down the pathway to the left. It's not socialism yet. As I understand socialism, it's almost a form of communism. And every, the state provides everything, and everything's for the state. We're not there. We're not even close to there. But the people of the United States are sick and tired of those with getting more than those who are without. They want the basics. They do want uh, Medicare for everyone, uh, free college for everyone, 
and things like that. And I say, why not? I believe these are responsibilities of government. Where do you get the money from? Very simple. You raise the taxes. You don't let Amazon make $11 billion and not pay one penny in income tax. You don't permit these corporations to do that. Okay? They got to pay a piece of the action here. And with that kind of cash flow and that kind of profit, they should. And that's what you do. You raise the taxes. The middle class and lower class, they're going to pay a few bucks more. They won't get killed, but the corporations are going to yell and scream because they've got to give up a couple of billion dollars each one. But it can be done, and not with that much difficulty. So I think our, our, our party, my party, the Democratic Party, is tending to be progressive, going in that direction, uh, as you can see by the last election. And we, got, we must recognize it. We must recognize it. Now, if we don't recognize it, we're never going to elect a Democratic president in 2020, and Donald Trump will continue to be president of the United States. It was proven, it was established by the people who went to vote uh, in uh, 2018 that the young people have finally got involved. This is a rare thing. Young people don't get involved right away. But for whatever reasons, they are involved now, and they'll be involved in greater numbers in the 2020 election. They are progressives. This new generation, this new generation of Democratic voters, and maybe this new generation of young voters, they want an easier road. They want things given to them. And I don't see anything wrong with that. There are countries in this world uh, that provide many benefits. They have high taxes, but everyone is taken care of. Uh, and not to the socialistic uh, level, but they, they want to know that uh, they're going to have medicine, free medicine. They're going to have, uh, they can go to college. They're not going to graduate owing $150,000 for a four-year degree and then not be able to get a job, et cetera, et cetera. And you've got to pay attention to this. This is where it's going. It's there already, and it's going to be even greater in the 2020 election. And unless we recognize this and we put up a candidate who's at least a progressive, because my party always wants to run a moderate or just left of a moderate. And what they're saying to the voters of America, Republican and Democrat, we're not like that Republican Party that's part of the right. We're down the middle. You can trust us. People don't want down the middle. There's two sides, the ones to the right, the ones to the left. The people to the right went all the way. The people to the left haven't gone halfway yet. It's time for the Democratic Party to go progressive and to put up candidates who are that way. Already I'm hearing things I don't like. You know, I'm, I'm not, are you a Democratic Socialist? I'm not a Democratic Socialist. Are you a progressive? I'm not a progressive. It isn't going to be hard to get rid of these 20 uh, Democrats who want to run for president. They're coming up with, I think, with all the wrong answers. They're not going where the votes are going to be. And what this party's going to want, the Democratic Party, more than anything else, is to defeat Trump to win the election. And what they've got to do is recognize this party has gone progressive, the country's gone progressive, the younger voters are progressive, and push that theory. I want to know, I would like to know, why it's wrong to criticize Israel. Do you know, if you're an American citizen in certain states, if you are critical of Israel 
in certain fashions, you can be arrested and go to jail. I don't know what happened to freedom of speech. I think there are, I'm not sure the exact number. It's in the back of my mind. I think it's 24 states already have laws that if you are a public employee and you speak disparagingly of Israel, you can be, you lose your job. How's that? You lose your job. School teachers, public employee, a police officer, public employee, a fireman, public employee. Uh, now, this is because Israel has a great influence over our legislators. Let me say this. The Israel of today is not the Israel of yesterday. Uh, this is not, these are not the same people, obviously. They're not the same thinking people uh, that back in the late 1940s when Israel became established that we supported. If it wasn't for Harry Truman, Israel might not have made it. He was one of the first to come out and say the United States supports the new nation of Israel and got him going. Uh, there are different people today. They're tough. They have to be tough. Everybody wants to kill them, all their neighbors, or they used to want to kill them. Uh, Netanyahu is another Donald Trump. He's like the guy from Turkey. He's another Putin. And you can't have people like that running governments. All uh, Netanyahu's been saying for the last several years is, we must destroy Iran. They're going to bomb everybody in the world. All Iran wants is war. He may be right, he may be wrong, I don't know. Uh, but I do know this. I believe he wants Iran destroyed, and he wants Israel to lead the fight, and Israel to garner other countries in the world to join Israel in attacking Iran, because he wants Israel to be the powerhouse in the Middle East. I can understand that. But if it isn't working to our benefit, Why? And when they have laws passed in this country where you can't speak about, against another country because, hey, they're our friends or you may be considered anti-Semitic right away, this, you know, uh, it's politically proper, it's a po po politically incorrect, rather, uh, to be anti-Israel. People say you're anti-Semitic, which uh, this is all a crock. There are people who are anti-Semitic in this country. We all know it. But not to the extent that it's driven all the time. And so... In the last, one of the last bills that Trump had up last year when he had his Republican legis uh, Congress, uh, the House was Republican, and I believe in the new bill that uh, was just was passed initially, there was a clause in there saying that if you, you, you work for the United States government and you criticize Israel, then you can lose your job. I think they may have also made it some sort of a crime or there was a penalty. I'm not sure about that can't go this way. This is not the way things are done. This means we're worried about, we're worrying about Russia <laughs> getting their foot in, into our, our country and into our election system. Here, Israel's controlling what kind of laws we're passing. Doesn't make sense to me. And I want to say this too. Trump says he's now got to finish the wall. Finish being the operative word. You recall, we got to build the wall. That's what he said in the primary. That's what he said in the election. That's what he's been saying for the last two years. We must build the wall. Now it's the last couple of weeks. We must finish the wall. Finish being substituted for build. Well, he, he's built diddly dip over the last two years. I think 
They've got about 50 miles of wall up, and it covers between 1,500 and 2,000 miles the area that they say they want to build a wall in. Uh, he wanted $25 million, billion at one time for this. It, it was offered to him by Schumer, if you recall. It was on TV. I'll give, we'll give you the $25 billion if you do this with, the, with this, this, and this. Uh, then this came down over two years because he's been given a hard time on the issue. It appears from all responsible sources that the, it isn't required. The wall isn't required. I'm not going to go into the reasons. You hear them every day. Uh, the wall isn't required. Total waste of money. So this time in the new bill, he wanted $5.7 billion. The, Repo- the Democrats, this is wild, they, agree- they offered him one point seven. He turned it down, and in the final analysis, the bill that became law, he got $1.3 billion. It kept going down, down, and down. This is the great negotiator, by the way. And all I'm saying is this. He's, he's, he's changing the tune. Now it isn't we, we're going to build the wall. It's we're got, we've got to finish the wall. Like, and he says, I've been building. I'm building. I just got to finish it. He hasn't built anything. Okay, we all know it. The man lies. I don't think he's a born liar, by the way. I think he just believes these things. He's mentally deficient in some regard. He believes what he says. Even He doesn't think it's right or wrong. Everything he says is right in his mind. And he believes what he says is correct, it's true, when it isn't. I don't think he has the capacity to lie. Okay, so that's the story there. People are basically good, in my opinion. You have rotten apples here and there. You have some real creepy, spiteful people. But overall, people are good. I'm talking about our people in the United States. I'm not not even going to go to certain other countries. I'm talking about our people. I believe the people of the United States are basically good. And I want to share share with you an example of real goodness. And I'm going to call it American goodness. There's a small town uh, by the name of Paradise, California, that was nearly wiped out by the wildfires uh, several months ago. Now, a local high school girls' volleyball team uh, was on its way, was supposed to go to play a championship game in another community, uh, but their high school got burned down. All their equipment, all their uniforms, all their knee pads, socks, clothing, burned, gone. And many of these girls, their homes are gone. But they were still determined to play in that championship game. And so they were going to go play and they'll throw on a pair of shorts and a t-shirt and go out there and play. Uh, Gutsy girls, they were not going to give up this match. So here's what happened. The opposing team was from Lake Forest High School in Auburn, California. Lake Forest High School in Auburn, California. And the students, especially the students of Lake Forest High School in Auburn, were waiting for this high school volleyball team from Paradise, California, when they arrived. What the students of Lake Forest High School had done was this. Within 24 hours, they had collected donations of $16,000, and when the girls from Paradise Adventist Academy, Adventist Academy showed up, they were greeted. They were greeted with new costumes, new new custom uniforms, rather custom uniforms, knee pads, and socks. And I think that's nice. I think that's touching, 
And I think that shows a whole lot of love. Got to go to the Catholic Church. This is terrible. I mean, the loaf. I thought pedophilia, priests and boys, was horrible when it came down about 30, 40 years ago. In fact, at the beginning, I found it hard to believe. I was a product of grammar school, high school, and college Catholic nuns in grammar school and high school, Christian brothers in college, taught mass for many years, and always with priests. Never, It was never a problem. It wasn't my generation. It's the generation that came after me that were approached by the priests. I'm 83, so you can understand how it fits. Anyhow, uh, it doesn't seem to end, this pedophilia. And now they're going after cardinals. They're going after bishops uh, because they knew and did nothing about it. But we're also finding some of these cardinals and bishops were playing around also. And just last week, and I announced it either on the show or in, in my written blog, uh, Pope Francis announced that there were priests and bishops having sexual relations with nuns. And this was very commonplace, occurring everywhere in every country. In fact, in France, uh, a bishop and a bunch of priests had taken a small convent and turned it into a sexual slavery cult-type operation. The Associated Press uh reported at the time, grievous, widespread. Okay? I don't make these things up. Now it gets even worse. A book is coming out in two days, on February 21st. It's called In the Closet of the Vatican. You like that word, closet? In the Closet of the Vatican, Power, Homosexuality, Hypocrisy. It's by Frederick Martel, and it's going to be released again in two days. Uh, and boy, what does this say? I don't know if it's true. I've already ordered the book from Amazon. I can't wait to read it uh, because this really blows everything up. It uses the term closet a lot. They are saying that more than half, many of our cardinals, okay, are involved with sex, homosexual sex, non-sex, Okay. Uh, and many of the hierarchy in the Vatican are, and they use it. They say they're they're in the closet, though, but they're in the closet to the world, but not to themselves within the Vatican. It's common knowledge who's playing and who's playing with who. Uh, now, this was the reason they, the book also claims. I, I read a long review on this book, exceptionally long, that Pope Benedict the Sixteenth had to resign. He was totally aware. We said, you've got to do something. He wouldn't do anything, or he might have been involved. I'm not sure until I read the book. Now, Pope Francis has been pushing for reform of this sexual problem within the church. Uh, he, those against him, do you notice every time he comes up for a major vote, he's like Obama when the Republicans were in control. Every time he's trying to push something in the church, Francis gets voted down. And it's because... Those voting him down are the homosexuals because they know he's against these homosexuals. And they don't want him to do whatever he wants to do as in the form of a punishment because he has threatened to and now is revealing what is going on in the Catholic Church. Now, it, uh, the book also says that a majority of cardinals share, and I quote, inclinations. Inclinations, that's what they say. And their, their friends are called family. Okay? Uh and another thing that's, that's very interesting and attributed to, to Pope Francis, uh, Francis 
is troubled by this dizzy, he describes it as dizzying hypocrisy of those who advocate a, a rigid morality, and the Catholic Church, you know, has a rigid morality, while at the same time having a personal companion, or they call them also escorts. Uh, they advocate a rigid morality. In other words, do, don't do what I do, do what I say. Do what I say, don't do what I do. They're hypocrites. They're screwing around. Now, the nuns, they're getting pregnant. The girls, they get pregnant. A lot of them are having abortions. What's one of the big things with the Catholic Church, the Conference of Bishops out of Denver in the United States, Catholic bishops, abortions, bad, bad, bad. But these guys are doing it with the babies they're conceiving uh, over there and all around the world. The nunnery, this is the last thing. This is horrible. The nunnery uh, is mentioned very briefly in the book. And it's, it's mentioned to this extent that the nunneries in the world have become the bastions of lesbianism. Now, this is heavy stuff I'm talking about. And I would normally say it's not true, and I don't know how much I believe it, but I believe a lot of this because last week the Pope, Pope Francis says that, no, the nuns are having sex with the priests and the bishops. Uh, now this guy's indicating the cardinals and the archbishops too, and that the women are intimate with each other. To those who I have done with this last report, I apologize, but these things must come out into the open and be discussed. Be that as it may, this is the show for this week. I hope you have enjoyed. I enjoy doing the show. The numbers keep going up. I say this every week, but they are. I thank you for, for listening. Uh, I hope I, some of you have to be telling your friends to listen. I don't know where they, they find out about this show. And I'm glad for all of this. You people have a good week. I'll talk to you again next week.